Serving lawsuits by NFT is currently misguided. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard! Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. One of the core precepts of the legal system in a free democratic society is having the opportunity to defend yourself in court. In criminal cases, the defendant is usually arrested and can thus be told in person, but for civil cases, it is necessary to have procedures in place whereby defendants are reliably informed that they are being sued. This is known as being served, and traditionally involves personally handing the defendant papers documenting the date for and the details of the impending lawsuit. In some smaller cases, registered mail is considered to be an adequate means for informing the defendant. And if all else fails, the judge may grant permission for notice to be made in a public notices section of a widely distributed newspaper. There are now two instances where parties have been served through the airdrop of an NFT, with the NFTs comprising URLs pointing to files on a web server containing the summons in the complaint. I believe this is misguided and demonstrates a lack of understanding on the part of the judge authorising these unorthodox methods of serving someone. Furthermore, the implementation of the NFT is, in my opinion, highly flawed. Let's look at the description of the action. Parties to be served by airdropping NFTs into wallets stolen by unnamed individuals. You can see why a law firm may want permission to take such action and why a judge might approve it. The individuals to be served are anonymous and there is presumably no other channel of communication with those parties. To begin with, let's look at the actual instantiation of the NFTs. When code really is the law. It took some digging on my part to find the address that the NFT was minted to, but I'm fairly sure I found it. From that, I found the token on Looks Rare. The NFT contract is not verified on Etherscan, and although I have decompiled it using the Etherscan experimental decompiler, I have yet to find time to dig through the code thoroughly. However, a quick scan shows that the token URI function reverts if the call is made by anyone other than the token owner. That is, you only get a link to the metadata if it is your NFT. This means that the defendants have to know how to use Remix, Hardhat, or run their own Ethereum node, and then craft their token URI request by hand. Here is an analogy. How would you feel if you received a summons written in the Aramaic language rather than English or your native tongue? As a result, the looks rare and open C pages for the token are rather lacking in details. No image or file, no description, but at least the name of the token is a link. Following that link takes you to a web page of the Holland and Knight law firm involved in the case, with links to the complaints, some affidavits, and the summons. However, there are two tokens issued by the NFT contract, and they both provide the same link. As both tokens were minted to the same Ethereum address, presumably they are serving the same defendants. <clears throat> the summons gives the defendants 30 days after the serving on 1 June to turn up in court in New York. So it's the US case, not the UK case that I've managed to track down, which was 18 days ago. That seems to be a very short time for a public announcement, although searching the New York public notices suggests that it is standard practice. Later this week, I may check whether the NFT is soul-bound to the receiver or if they can transfer it to someone else, which would be interesting to know. Would that transfer the summons and complaint to? Who knows? What's the legal precedent? And there we have it. 
unmodified, unverified ERC721 contract minting tokens to an anonymously owned Ethereum address now acting as formal notice of court proceedings. What's more, in a matter of hours, I could deploy a similar NFT contract, put up a fake legal website, and start serving spurious summonses if I were so inclined. I would not be surprised if this hasn't already happened. A wallet is not an address. Even the crypto press is confusing wallets with addresses, which highlights another issue. A wallet contains addresses, and NFTs are minted to an address, not a wallet. My personal MetaMask wallet contains 50 addresses, and as I use the desktop version, it doesn't even show NFTs. To see those, I visit Looks Rare. I've given up on OpenSea because it's appalling. What I don't do is connect each and every one of those addresses to the site and then check every day or even every week whether someone has minted any new tokens to them. Furthermore, NFT marketplaces don't always manage to scrape every single token under the sun. For example, since 3 June 2022, OpenSea no longer records information about newly minted tokens for my Authorverse NFT project. And yes, I've had a support ticket open since 11 June with over 18 emails going back and forth, but they still haven't fixed it. So even if I did obsessively check my current NFT status on a public site, there is no guarantee that it accurately reflects what is on the blockchain. Again, the only way to be sure is to run your own node and write your own script to scan the blockchain on a regular basis for any mention of your addresses. How many people can do that? This conveniently leads to my next point. NFTs do not reside in your address. The reason why the blockchain needs to be scanned is because of the way that ownership of an NFT is recorded, namely in a data structure within a smart contract. You can think of the NFT smart contract as a registry, like a land registry. When you own land, that land isn't in your pocket. It's out there in the big wide world. And the only way we know who owns what land is by looking it up in the registry at the local land registry office. Now imagine that you've spent your life living in the United States and someone in Finland gifted you a plot of land in Lapland that they own by transferring it to your name without telling you. And the land registry doesn't bother sending you a letter or calling you on the phone to inform you. You could spend your life blissfully unaware that a 10 hectare forest infested with mosquitoes and overrun by reindeer was yours. An airdropped NFT is like that patch of land, except that thousands are created every day and the vast majority are junk. Until the various courts around the world deploy and advertise their own you've been served contracts that can be publicly queried and the blockchain wallets support displaying their NFTs, we are far from an era where it is reasonable to use a blockchain to serve a summons. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that there are many more NFT-supporting blockchains out there than just Ethereum. Summary. Looking at the system used by the Supreme Court of the State of New York and the law firm of Holland and Knight, I conclude that the current use of NFTs does not constitute fair notice. The implementation is lacking both in transparency and competent execution, and the current general understanding of what NFTs are is so depressingly low and prone to misconceptions that using them this way hinders rather than aids the legal process. In short, serving by NFT is currently nothing more than a publicity stunt. But perhaps that was the point all along.